Today we have on the show my good friend and huge inspiration to me, Leslie Alejandro, photographer, director, owner of Alejandro Films, and she's married to the very sexy <laughs> Kevin Alejandro. If you watch Lucifer, he, uh, he's on the show with Lucifer, and he also directs that show. He does. Yeah. This is going to be his third time. Hi, Cece. <laughs> so this is Leslie. We were just talking about how, so our backgrounds are more behind the scenes. We're usually not in front of the camera talking. So we were a little awkward coming in here still. Yes. <laughs> still getting used to this, getting yes. filmed. Yes. All right. So this podcast is about dating and relationships. And you, out of your friend group, I feel like you guys were the first ones that were married or in yes. a health, at least in a healthy relationship before <laughs> any of us. And you were always the one setting uh, a great example and giving us advice when we were dating like in our 20s, early 30s, oh. that whole shit show. Like you always had it down. Like you were, you're very good with your boundaries. I feel like you've always been, well, since I've known you. I learned it though, honestly, Probably within the couple of years before I met Kevin, though. I didn't have him before um, because I'm not confrontational. I did want to be in love, but I always ended up with the bad, wrong boys. I had that whole thing. And then there was a, a time that I finally realized not only the respect I needed to give myself because I was letting people take advantage of me, but also at the same time... Um, Knowing and understanding my worth, that meant everything, yeah. And how long was that journey of learning your self-worth before you met Kevin? I mean, right before. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but it happens fast once it clicks. Yeah. Right? It happens fast. Absolutely. I, and, you know, it, it was a hard one because um, I never thought that I would ever find. So I always, I always, I knew the way that I loved and I loved Hard, I love strong, I love fast. That's just how I am. And I, I sat with, you know, hearing everyone's idea of what they thought was better for me, and it just didn't click. Everyone's different, you know? And I realized then I have to respect those things about how I want to do it. I want to, if I want to fall hard and fast, then I want to fall hard and fast. And so with that, though, obviously there comes a, a risk, like a huge risk, right? And Kevin was actually the first time that I, that I practiced those boundaries okay. in a relationship. I started to practice it a lot just with meeting men and dating because I dated a lot. Um, and I was, I was mostly single. So prior to meeting him, the longest relationship I had was not even a year and a half, and I was 20 years old. And I met Kevin almost 29 years old. Okay. So, which for me back then I thought was so um, like late, but... The, but I'm like, wait a minute, that wasn't late at all, you know? And uh, when I met him, though, there was definitely things that, um, issues that came up. And I, I realized that I didn't want, a lot of the times um, people, especially women, uh, they feel that if they let a lot of things go, or if they do set their boundaries with somebody that wants to cross those boundaries, that they're going to risk a chance of losing them. And and I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to approach and go in this relationship with those ideals. So as soon as something I was not okay with or cool with, 
um, I, I put it out there and then it was up to him to either meet me there or, you know, or move on. And so, um, and he met me there and it was, it was great. That always, that feels nice. But, you know, 18, we're going to celebrate 18 years together in November. And 18 years later, we still have to put those, set those boundaries for each other. Because I'm, you know, close to 20 years older. I went through my end of my 20s, 30s, and I'm hitting 20s. <laughs> I'm 46 now, so those boundaries are going to change. My attitude in life has changed. My um, The things that I hold valuable have changed. My priorities have changed, and so is his. So we always have to check in with each other still to to see where, where we are with those and just can't always assume that the other person knows what the other one is thinking because it doesn't matter. As much as we know ourselves, we can never assume that we um, know each other entirely for the rest of our lives because it's a ridiculous concept. And, and, unless you're just complicit to things and unless you just settle and, and you're okay with having that kind of life, you know. Right. No, I totally get it. And I think the, yeah, the assumptions and uh, who is it who said, is it Esther? I think it was Esther Perel who said, as soon as you collapse, like thinking that you know everything about someone, that will, people don't like that, you know, because people are always changing. So if you approach it with curiosity, because people do change, and especially someone like you who you're into personal growth and you're used to bettering yourself. So that also there's only going to be change with that, yes, right? Yes, Okay, absolutely. so let's take it back before you met Kevin uh, to your relationship before Kevin. <laughs> or or there, was, there was a guy before Kevin who, where you were devastated that it didn't work out. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the funny thing was is the cycle of how we got together. Kevin was the third person, I'll, I'll tell you what it was, that I actually did it with and it, just happened that it stuck. Uh, yes, we fell in love fast. We fell in love hard. I let him come stay with me. I've always been independent. I've always been an independent person. I've always been into um, wanting a career that was going to, that I can be independent, you know, for myself or whatnot. And so I had my own place um, that I was living in already by myself for a few years. This guy we met, like I said, it, it happened really super fast. Um, I He ended up losing his job. I ended up taking care of him. This is the second time that something like this happened. Leslie doesn't learn her lesson all the time. Um, and I found out later he had another girlfriend in another state the entire time. Turns out, though, me and his now ex-girlfriend are friends because <laughs> we had stuff to talk about. His mother loved me that when she came to visit from Venezuela um, she and found out that Kevin and I were getting married, she gave us um, a wedding gift. It was so sweet. I know. That's nice. Very, very sweet. So, yeah, that was that story. Okay, so that was that guy. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then when you met Kevin. Yes. He, Kevin was an aspiring actor at this time. Yes. And you were working retail and multiple jobs. Yes. At I, this time. I was, do, well, I was working retail and then also I was um, a musician at the time. So my band was signed with DreamWorks. Uh, so we were just waiting to tour. Um, this is when DreamWorks had a music division back in the, you know, in the early 2000s. And so, um, yeah. That's where that's where I had to give Kevin money. 
because he lived in the valley <laughs> with three other boys in a two-bedroom apartment. So you were supporting him at this time. Yes. I w- when we first met, I would give him gas money to come visit me. And then, I mean, he just ultimately ended up just moving with me right away pretty pretty much. It wasn't official till a couple months later, but he, he was pretty much living with me already. Yeah, we after we – well, we didn't get together when we first met for a few months. Uh, but when we did, within – um, a month, he asked me to marry him. Hard so, and fast. Yeah, hard and fast. Oh. Hard and fast, yes. I love that. And, I mean, it's different now because Kevin makes very good money now. Okay, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin's the breadwinner right now, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> I will, as much as I've always wanted to be the rock star, um, I will never make as much money as Kevin. <laughs> Don't say that. Say I know, maybe else. so, maybe so. It could It could. Yeah, happen. film's coming out. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Right. But yes, he he is. Um, I'm so proud of him, and uh, this is what he's always wanted to do, and and he's pursuing it. And um, so yes, super proud of him. That's awesome. And then when you were supporting Kevin, were any of your friends? Did they say things like, Leslie, like no, a hundred percent? Because they they probably have seen your previous patterns of 100%. doing that, especially my best friend Arson. <laughs> yes, who, who you know. <laughs> yes. Um, who, uh, yes, when he found out that we were engaged, he basically moved to New York and then I met Kevin. Okay. Um, which kind of needed to happen because we were just naughty together and, you know, for <laughs> me to be in a relationship, probably we shouldn't have been together at, at the same time. So, um, yeah, he did find out and he's, his exact words were, you're marrying an actor. Are you crazy? Do you want to be poor for the rest of your life? <laughs> you would say and yes he always says and now him and Kevin like they love each other so much and he always says he eats his words my parents they loved him from the beginning which was crazy too because Asian parents usually don't like um you know men who are in creative (laughs) who aren't making who who are not making any money who (laughs) you know I kind of forced Kevin to get a job because he was just working as a heater and air conditioning guy to make, and he would only do these jobs if he had to help pay with rent or something. And finally, I was like, maybe you need something a little steady just for right now. And he found a job in, um, working as um, a gelato slinger. And uh, what are they called, the coffee makers? A barista. Barista. A barista. At, um, on a shop on Abikenny a long, long time ago called Massimo's. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so... The two owners who were these two Japanese women who lived in Italy for over 30 years spoke perfect Italian, but spoke English with thick Japanese accents, which just made it even cuter. They loved him so much, believed him so much, and let him um, not only take time off when he had to go to auditions, but they fronted him with a proper ring for me, when, uh, like engagement ring, when it came time to actually giving me something, because we were unofficially engaged for a year before he proposed in front of my family and things like that. And then we got married a couple months later. Um, But, yeah, they believed in him. And so that was easy for him to, you know, kind of be able to pursue acting still and then actually make a little bit of money. I mean, he didn't really make any money. But (laughs) over at the gelato place, he was making, like, minimum wage and 20 bucks a day or something like that. But then he got on on Young and the Restless and he quit that job. And that was in 2004. Okay. And he's only been acting ever since. I yeah. I mean, so we, we're so lucky. And that's not what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wood. Yes. And since then, he's had very consistent work. Yes. Since then. Yes. We, I, we've been so lucky. I mean, you know, it still was a, a rise and it was still a, 
a figuring out and a you know balancing act with us and um, raising a family. You know, we always called it. It's always feast or famine. Um, luckily, he's been on the show now for the last. He's going into season six, so we've been extremely lucky. So that has given us him being on the show has not only given him, you know, some some good juice in the industry, but also helped him become a director um, on top of it. And then we started our production company last year. So that really, really allowed us to do this because of the success of this show. Oh, that's awesome. They're number one. They just released last uh, Friday, um, the new season, and they were number one, one in the world. Oh, my God. Well, I saw, like, when I, when I pull up Netflix, it's, yeah, yeah. Lucifer is at number one. So... They they got to number one in the U.S. within the day, and then um, within a few days, they were number one in the world, which is crazy, so crazy. But I'm happy for all of them. They all yeah, work Yeah, well-deserved. So well-deserved. Yeah. Okay, so in your relationship dynamic, what has always impressed me is your community. Not just your marriage with Kevin, but you guys have built a community of friends who are like ride or die friends, like so supportive. Yeah. They support you guys. You guys support them. And was it always like this in the beginning? Did you always have a tight-knit community? Okay. No. um, We did the thing that a lot of couples, you know, that young did, and we ignored our friends for a year and a half. (laughs) 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 You know? Um, And, and, you know, I learned a lot being in this relationship, not just about myself. Because, you know, I, I told you I started that growth. I started the growth period probably in my, like, my self-aware growth in probably my mid-20s and came to a good space uh, to be able to be in a healthy relationship by the time that I'd met Kevin. But there was still a lot I was learning on the way. And, you know, I used to be very complicit about a lot of things, including my ethnicity um, and my culture, including my femininity and being a woman. I always was the one that thought I was, you know, cool enough that I could uh, hang out with the boys and I was a guy's girl and I didn't trust girls because they were catty and blah, blah. And then I got pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got pregnant. Like we had friends and we partied and we had that dynamic at first. You know, we kind of were like the party couple. So we were, and we were partying with, with the same friends that you mentioned. And it was kind of like a big party dynamic. Um, and then I got pregnant, and I realized uh, I didn't really have girlfriends like that. I had girls that I, I've always been the person um, that had friends f- from different cliques, like not as a whole, and you know, from different areas or d- different aspects of my life. I had those kind of girlfriends, you know. And then I got pregnant, and the best friend I talked to about um, that I just told you about earlier. Uh, he was kind of the only one that was there for me throughout my pregnancy, and he's gay, and he thought my pregnancy was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't get it. <laughs> um, nobody loved me no matter what, but you, you didn't, I didn't have that one that just like understood being what it was like to be a woman and what you go through. And and from there, it started. And when I had the baby, that, that community showed up. And so that's when it kind of, we, we felt just just how strong everybody really, really was w- within ourselves. And I really believe that 
without that community or my family, I wouldn't have been able to raise Kaden because like I said, like honestly, we were not ready. We had been married for a few years already when I got pregnant. He was not planned. I freaked out. Uh, our friends freaked out because we were the party couple yeah. and they didn't, we're like, how are you going to keep it alive? And we, <laughs> and he's still alive. By and the way. He, yeah, he's still alive <laughs> right. and, and thriving and thriving. So, yeah, I, I I really owe it to everybody who helped us and was there to help raise him and and be around and but you know we also went into it being um, you know bringing him into our life and not stopping our life for him that was like a big thing that we wanted to make sure uh, we were we were just so in love with each other and our dynamic that literally the day before I mean the day that I was gonna I had to be induced because he was so late. We sat on the sofa and we cried because we had to kind of mourn the life that we just had together for all these years. And now we knew that another dynamic was going to come in and what that was going to look like, you know. Yeah. And I love what that looks like because Caden is one of the most well-adjusted kids I've ever met. He's a good kid. He's, we got so, we got lucky. I, I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, what's your parenting too? But it has a lot to, we know this, people are born with personalities and we got lucky that, you know, I was able to tolerate his, <laughs> you know, because I'm an impatient person, so I didn't want to have a second one because he was so great. And you always, they always say that one's one way, the other one's yeah, going to be the they're, opposite. they're never the same. Never. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I can deal with that. So, no, we got so lucky. He's, he's, he is such a, a really good kid. But we were. We were the first ones to have a kid, so we didn't – we brought him to the – Bars and the restaurants. Yeah. No, you're like, yeah. You're, there was would, no separation. No, people would walk in and they're like, it doesn't even look like you have a kid in here. And we're like, no, open the drawer and it's all his toys. I'm like, but I don't need to have, you know, make it look like, you know, McDonald's playground, you know, in order to, to, to make this kid happy. And he was such a happy kid, you know. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, someone told us that. One of my girlfriends, Jen Rassico, um, when she was pregnant, I'm sorry, she had two kids before I did. And when I was pregnant, she gave me advice that she said someone gave her. And it was that no matter what, your marriage comes first. The love for that child is going to come natural. That natural love is not the kind of love that you guys have for each other. And you will always have to work on each other uh, to be strong enough for that child, you know. So we, we really took that into consideration. I mean, to, to the point that, you know, it's a running joke with Caden and Kevin that Caden's always asked who you love more, me or mom. He's like, your mom. Of course, <laughs> your mom. <laughs> and Caden's like, just rolls his eyes, you know. I mean, he knows what he means. He, but, yeah, he knows he's loved. Oh, he does. Yeah, he knows he's loved. Like, he needs to chill out on yeah, how I much he knows sometimes. <laughs> well, because well, you were saying that it was important for you to teach him confidence because it's easier for to teach confidence, and if they get egotistical or cocky, then they could tone it down. Yes. But if it's the other way around... So hard. It's so hard to reverse that. Like, with our parents' generation, the way they parented us, <laughs> my mom, she asked, she's like, you're going to therapy? Like, why do you need to go to therapy? And I just want to say, like, because of the of way you, you raised me. Because <laughs> of you. Why do you think? Um, yeah, no, you know, yeah, I, I did say that because he is naturally confident and I'm I'm grateful for that and trying to teach him how to be humble I would rather do than try to teach him how to have confidence because it's so hard and he does he gets hard on himself a lot though because things come so easy for him so when he actually has to work for things and it doesn't come naturally and he has to actually work at it he gets so frustrated and I and I 
I, I knew about that aspect of, of kids like, you know, like him and uh, trying to nurture him to kind of like ease him into those frustrations and let him teach him just to keep working hard. That's not an easy thing too, you know. But I, I am grateful for that because our parents didn't teach us. I, I know I, I just posted recently. I don't know if you saw my, my story. And it was about, it was a, lat, a Latino. Like his, it said, Hispanic families will find your worst insecurity and give you that as a nickname. <laughs> I was like, Filipinos too. Yeah. It's so funny. But that's our families, right? Yeah. Like little fatty or whatever. Ke- yes. Kevin and his family called him gordo, which yes. means fat, you know? And I'm like, that is so mean. Or Dumbo because he had ears or whatever. And they just call him, hey, Dumbo. And you're just like, <laughs> I know it's so bad, so bad. Oh, okay. So uh, let's talk more about your friend dynamic. So with your friends, you've had some long-term friends that you're still friends with, yeah. many of them. Yeah. You keep them around. But there's also been some that have you've grown apart from. Yeah. And so with those, I mean, what's always impressed me about you is how you're very generous and you're very open. Like you give people a chance. A hundred percent. But when someone crosses your boundary or your line, that you're very clear on that line. And it t- I feel like it takes a lot for oh, you dude, it does. F- to like let go of someone because you're very, you're very fair yeah. You're very reasonable. Yeah. But I think it's, um, well, with a lot of strong independent women, what I find is they cut off too fast. Right. But you are always very, you give people a chance. You're very uh, compassionate. Yeah. And I'd like to think so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So with the friendships that, uh, where you grew apart, you know, what happened? Is it just a difference of values? You changed through the years? I think it's a bit of everything. I, I'm, I'll be honest, be f- prior to... There's definitely been, well, there was one. I, I, I used to be a big ghoster. I told you I was not confrontational. I was not confrontational. I, um, I you know, of course, we, we just want to keep blaming our parents, but, you know, you don't talk through your feelings with someone that's not, you're not in a relationship, relationship in, or even in general, you know, I just don't. Sometimes Kevin needs, you know, has to get, things out of me because I try to work this stuff, a lot of stuff out in my head by myself, you know. But that, even to get to that point really, really takes a lot. And I, I just, it's funny, I just talked about it today with another girlfriend of mine. And I was telling her that I don't want to walk around this life being skeptical of everyone. I, I, that's not how I want to live. I don't want to live like people are out to get me or out to bring me down that that, that like that's not my in my vocabulary or kind of in my phrasing that I say things like that like everyone's trying to you know beat me down like I don't feel that way about people or about things a because I won't let anybody you know no 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 don't don't try no (laughs) and but and then b because I really inherently want to believe that people are good and people try and 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 people are not necessarily evil now do people have different values how they go about things how they do things and whatnot yeah of course and and so I want I want to come in to the people into relationships with the people that I meet a little bit more trusting and I now be that way until they um, until they prove me wrong Kevin on the other hand he just doesn't trust anybody so it takes a lot for him to open up to 
anybody or be cool with anybody or accept people into his life or home. So it, it's a good, it's a good yin and yang for us because it's either everyone's going to screw us over all the time <laughs> <laughs> or or we're not going to know anyone ever again, you know, like ever. But it's tough. It, it, it's a tough one, you know. Uh, I, I sit with it so much because because of my self-awareness, I have to understand what is my – what do I have to be accountable for also in, in the friction or the conflict that me and somebody else is having. So I sit with that a lot too. And I'm very hard on myself. It does take me a while before I finally say no. And, and, but when I do, I, it, it, it's like a breakup and it's heartbreaking. And you know, I, you know, I live with anxiety. I talk about it all the time. And, and, and those are the things that make me anxious is, is I've always been someone that just wants everyone to like me. And, and, Which is very common. It's, it's so hard, and it's hard to not give a shit. Yeah. Sorry, can I say that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but it's hard. It, it is. It's, it's hard not to. And I know that I would be in a happier place if I didn't, but I care too much. And maybe, and I know that's a little bit of sometimes, sometimes I care too much about who I'm affecting that it prevents me from just like full speed ahead and just like getting what I want. And I know a lot of people act that way and more power to them. And I have to sit back and realize that's just not me though, you know, um, I do. I am the person that wants to make sure everyone's taken care of and everyone's happy. And um, but yeah, it's 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 a tough thing. But that's something I've been learning. That's been a, a big motto of mine is you know re- releasing toxic relationships, getting rid of things that are not um, that don't make me feel good, including Instagram. You know, if if I'm following somebody that and maybe it's my own issue. It's always your thing, right? So yeah. if I'm following somebody that I don't feel that's not making me feel good, there's a fine line between. Um, between envy and uh, inspiration. And if I am even anywhere near the envy part and I don't feel good about myself, I just like unfollow. unfollow. Yeah, yeah like, you don't need to see. No, need why? To see that. Yeah. No, why am I going to do that to myself? I'm hard on myself as it is already. So, yeah, it is a, it, you know, it, it, it's a process and I'm still learning how to do that. And I just told you a second ago that my new my new thing is, you know, is disconnecting and letting go. You know, it's it's like trying to disconnect from thoughts and people and things and items and ideas um, because it's so hard to be in the present and so hard to, you know, flow into the direction that you're supposed to go when you're just always like, you know, trying to like attach yourself to things. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so those are friendships. Uh, but what about when conflicts arrive, arise in your marriage? Yes. Um, I remember you telling me that, I mean, you've always been very good at taking responsibility mm-hmm. for things. I never, I've never heard you blame Kevin for anything, saying things like, he, he, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. It's always uh, very fair and very neutral. Like yeah. seven years in, we hit a rough patch and I was doing uh-huh. a lot of personal growth and doing everything you could. Absolutely. It was a, that seven year itch is real. And it hit in a weird time for me to, um, because, you know, Caden was just like a year old. I, in hindsight, I realized that. Uh, and then also my own traumas that I've had my whole life, you know, of holding everything in. And I mean, I think I definitely was suffering from postpartum. It wasn't like I was diagnosed with it, but clearly I can see that it was part of it. So it was me. And then it was a, a midpoint 
when you were bringing me on to do makeup and everything like that, it was literally during that time. That point was kind of like helping me go over. Prior to that, I was confused what I was going to do with my life because I wanted to be a musician and that's all I ever wanted to be. Then I was pregnant and then I was beating myself up for not losing the weight quick enough to get back on stage. And it was so, it was just so hard to, to know that I'm taking care of my kid, my husband, and still trying to take care of myself. And you know, am I being selfish about doing that? Do I need to just spend this time with my child? It was, it was, yeah, it was a very difficult time. I finally, I saw during that time, I saw my first therapist, I saw my first life coach. You know, I was kind of just trying to do everything and anything to get out of that, that space. I, you know, I didn't want to be next to him or near him or, and he was so patient. He was so patient. And I understand why, because I would flip. I mean, I had like at least a monthly meltdown and I was never like that. You know, I was, I'm not a big crier, but, you know, I would have major meltdowns. I mean, obviously I knew that something was wrong and, and he was patient through it, really, really patient through it. And he let me, he, you know, he supported me when I was seeing a life coach and, and a therapist at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. That combo is great. Yeah. And, um, the one thing Kevin and I, have never had issues is communicating how we feel about uh, things that were that that is not working out working out through things we're not always super verbal with each other I think I've told you that too um we are not always like we don't sit there and try to solve all the world's problems and we don't sit there and you know as a philosophy major I do like talking that kind of shit like you know stupid stuff but you know that's not necessarily him and so there's a lot of quiet moments. There's a lot of, you know, and, and I used to press him before and he would get nervous if I did have these kind of, this, con- you know, verbal connection with people or especially if it was a guy or you get so paranoid, like, oh my God, that's what you want. And, and I realized, you know, like I said, uh, in the beginning of even the friendships and not like realizing that you can have so many soulmates, you know, that kind of feed into every parts of you and you cannot, there's no way that you can put it all on one person and you will never find that person, I will tell you right now. So, you, you know, I had to really sit back and like, what are my priorities? Um, what are the things that I really want? What is it that I really wanted out of the relationship? And the number one was the respect, the consideration and a, a, a different kind of love. And and nobody's given me that except for him, like nobody. So. If I want to talk about why the stars are aligned in a certain way, I can talk to my girlfriend. I don't need to yeah. talk to him about that, you know. Yes, I remember when you told me that. That was such a valuable piece of advice. Yeah. Because actually Pete and I have a similar dynamic in that way where we don't we don't talk a lot. Yeah. Like we have conversation, but it's not like the bouncy conversation yeah. that I have with some of my girlfriends where and you're like so inspired and bouncing back and forth. Yes. But that's okay. Yes. And you said that that's okay, that Kevin, you, you said Kevin loves me to death. Yes. And that it, when it comes down to long-term relationships, that just showing up, and his energy also is directed towards you. I always noticed that, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. Yeah. Like if we're in a room and he shows up, he will, he sees you, he beelines it across the room to acknowledge you. Yeah. He's, I mean, I, I do, I, you know, I, I play with a lot of, go back and forth with the word luck. And, um, 
because obviously we all want to say that, oh, if we set ourselves up to to what we want to be and who we want to be out there, then, you know, you'll find the, I mean, there's a lot of that that has to happen, yes. But a lot of it is luck as well, too. You know, it's, I, I do believe in energy and I believe when I was ready, I had it. Um, I didn't think it was him at first because he was young. Um, is he younger than you? Yeah, by two years. Okay. So I met him when he was 26. Okay. And I was like, I was 28. Yeah, I was almost 29. So I was like, oh, that kid. You know, <laughs> when you're that old, you're like, oh, that kid. Like he doesn't, he's not going to get it. He's not going to know what he wants and, you know, anything like that. I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt in the beginning. But he showed up. He yeah. really showed up. There was... You know, we talk about it a lot. He had really massive um, jealousy issues when we f- and I, that I didn't see until a few months in. And that, and I was like, whoa, we either have to work on this because I'm not like that um, or this is not going to work out. And we worked on it. And I met him. I met him to where he needed it as well. And he did really well to the point that I was like, okay, that guy was just talking to me right now. Why don't you care? <laughs> He's like, I care. I just hold it in. I still want to be that guy. So, yeah, you know. Those kind of those kind of things that even boundary one of my boundaries that I that nobody believes because he's so affectionate, but um, he didn't want to do PDA. He was like so like I'm I, I'm I'm not into PDA, and I was like, eh. <laughs> um, not gonna fly. I love it. Yeah, it shows me that a that you're proud of that to be next to me and. And shows everyone else that you're not with anyone else but me. You yeah. Know? So that's what I needed. I mean, he got out over, over that really, really fast. But he said that. Can you believe that? I can't believe that because w- by the time I met you guys, you've always been very affectionate. Oh, oh yeah. No, that was like within the first like couple yeah. weeks that he, that he was telling me that. And I was like, no, I'm not going to not gonna fly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, that, was, uh, that was like another one. That was like part of it too. And we still have to set, do those now. We're Like I said, when I was complicit about just – Everything and cultures and jokes and, you know, a lot of inappropriate stuff. Like those things from before that I was like thought was so funny because that's just like guy talk. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't think that's cool anymore. And and so now he's always like, you just don't think I'm funny anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're (laughs) funny-ish. It's funny how things change. Yeah. Right? Okay, so in the beginning, you guys were both into partying. Oh, yeah. You were you were really good in keeping up with him too. Oh I, yeah. I always when I watch you guys I'm like gosh, I can never do what Leslie. Oh does. dude, no, we, we I mean, he didn't have a curfew. He didn't have a we didn't we didn't have like, oh, you got to make sure you call me before, you know, if you're going to be out late. Cuz we were together all the time and I lasted with the boys. I hung out with the boys. I, I always did that. So when I got pregnant, uh that there was a big that was like our biggest um issue that we had is that he would be out. I was like, and I'd be out until like as much as I can. Then I'd go home, and then he wouldn't come home till like four or five in the morning with no phone call. And I'm just, I was like, but he wasn't used to it. He was like, you know where I am. You know who I'm with, and I did. But at that point, I'm just like, you got to still be considerate to me because I'm freaking home, baking your child. <laughs> and yes, it's not fair. You get to be out, so at least acknowledge that. I'm home to you know, kind of yeah. those kinds of ordeals. And that was a, a, a rough one. I, I always said that God could not have put the two most irresponsible people together <laughs> when it came to finances or responsibilities. I mean, we were so bad. I'm like, who's going to do it? I don't know. I don't care. And then we had a Caden. And then I was like, I guess it's going to be me. <laughs> so I felt like, you know, I ended up having to grow up, grow up 
And he got to still play, and I had to take care of the finances and take care of the kid stuff and take, you know what I mean, kind of doing that whole thing. And in the process, I was like, I ended up becoming really boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, was, that ha- was that a hard time? I mean, that's a huge adjustment yeah. at, right, ha- after having a kid and then you're... Yeah, but, yeah, but you know what? For some reason, it just clicked with me as soon as Caden was born... I slowly, it wasn't like an overnight thing at all, um, but I slowly was like, okay, there's a lot of important things I need to know. I need to, I need to happen a, a, in our life and then also what I want to teach this child and I better get it together now. So that's kind of when I started becoming more grown up, you know, <laughs> in my mid-30s. Um, but it was, I mean, including, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in, I wasn't into politics or activism before. Like, I could give two shits, you know? Like, um, but then I, you know, we're talking about it now. It's so prevalent what we're talking about now and what's happening with this movement and talking about colonial mentality and what it's like, you know, racism and whatnot. And and while I was pregnant, my parents were like, I hope your baby turns out white, you know, kind of stuff like that. Like, I hope he really looks white. I'm like... Um, that might be tough because I'm not, <laughs> but you know what I, you know, but this is like, this is the world that we live in, in their generation of, of, of how they felt that things would be accepted or why they would be accepted. And then that baby came out really Asian looking and I was like, I've got some work to do because I don't want him to feel less than anything. I don't want him to feel less than, um, I want him to be proud of who he is as a Mexican, Filipino American, you know? And, and so that's kind of the work I had to do. And I, I don't, because Kevin is always, he, he he doesn't want me to always talk about those kinds of things to him, and as not that they don't exist, but because it, he doesn't want them to own. That's the only thing to exist. But I, I feel completely different about it. So that was a little bit of a, you know, adjustment to in our relationship of how we our views, because we'd always been on the same side. We said from the beginning we were going to raise him together and we were going to be a team. N- no decision is going to be you know, done before the other one. So we didn't fight a lot about that kind of stuff, but definitely when these kinds of things arose, that was was a big deal too. Are you more accepting of each other? Like, oh, she's going to, you know, do the political thing and she has her friends that she likes to talk to about that. And do you give him the space to to do him? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'm actually, I'm, you know, I, I respect how much he wants to uh, give and how much he wants to talk about when it comes to those kinds of things. Um, but at the same time, because we started this company and we really talked about the voices that we wanted to share and the stories that we wanted to tell and what we actually stood for, and, um, um, and it's the unheard voices, it's the people that are looked through, um, the, it's, it's the uh, unrepresented communities that that have stories to tell that that are not mainstream and and I think since we've been on all three of us met with my sister um had been on board with this company and our ideals um it definitely has brought him on a different level of 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 importance and priority in those matters that you know that have meant so much to my sister and I so he's showing up for that too and it's not like I'm forcing him to I'm not saying like oh yeah I'm, he's going to show up to everything I do because that's not always the reality of, of, of people's relationships and situations. But, um, I, of course, I'm, I'm happy where it is and, and where we are right now. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So how many different – I feel like there's been 
more than two stages in your marriage, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, so it was the party stage, pre-Kaden, mm-hmm. <laughs> young Kaden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> young Kaden, we were still partying. Yeah, that's when, that, that's when I, I met, met you. you. Yeah, I met you when you were, we were pregnant. still partying. Yeah, you're still partying. That's when I was very impressed <laughs> <laughs> at your energy. But I'm still out. <laughs> and that Kaden would be out with us. I really, right. I liked that so much yeah. that he was fully integrated into you guys' lives in a very healthy way. He was, he's was he been friends with all of us since he was born. Yeah. Not the kid. He's friends. And I remember when my sister met him. I don't know how old he was, like four or five. In New York, he was four. Okay. And she tried to talk to him like... Uh, like a kid, like baby talk, yeah. and he doesn't. He did not respond to it. He looked at her like, "Why are you talking to me like that?" Uh, I know, I, I know. Well, you know, because you know, the Caden's always been a little mature, but I feel like it was fun when because it's it's cute to see little kids talk adult. But now that he's a preteen, his friends still don't have. They still have their voices still haven't dropped, and now he actually looks as old as he can talk and so I feel like it backfired on me (laughs) like I feel like I feel like you know like his maturity happened so fast that I didn't get to keep him as a kid long enough um this this is this is my year of struggle now with Caden is the is the it was the biggest difference in the biggest change um with any stage that he's gone through because you know as, as you're seeing your niece and nephew grow, you're seeing, you know, from baby to toddler, from toddler to little kid. And then that little kid lasts for a while. And it lasted, you know, I want to say at least until last year for sure. Like, you know, that was just a year ago when he was still 11 years old. And then all of a sudden it was like the eye rolls. And 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 he promised me when he was a kid, I would always say, oh, my God, you're going to go through preteen angst. And then, you know, and then you're not going to love me. And he's like, I don't think that's going to happen, Mom, you know, and I really don't. And then all of a sudden it happened. He was like, well, you know what, though? But we recognized it. And I told him because when he gets frustrated or upset, you know, I tell him. Um, we had a conversation one time. I'm like, you feel it, don't you? He's like, I do. He was like when, when he wasn't upset. And I said, you feel that, that overwhelming anger that you can't control, can you? And he was like, I do. And I said, you know what, just, just recognize it and know that it's there so that when we're trying to talk to each other, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to scold you over than I, you know, than I should. And you're not trying to talk back at me, you know, when you feel that anger. And, you know, we just, as long as we recognize each other, we're both learning. I'm still like, I lose my shit, <laughs> I lose my shit. But I apologize. I did that yesterday. I got so, I was so frustrated. I was so just, I was so stressed out and, and he wasn't moving fast enough and I lost my shit. And then while we were walking, I could tell he was so upset at me and I just, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. And, and he's like, it's okay. And, I, and, and what I've learned about being able to do that with, with my son is that in return, he does it with me. If he snaps or he does something, he'll sit back, he'll take a breather, he'll come back, and he'll apologize. And, and I'm really proud about him when something like that, especially during this stage in his life, too. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. For, he's 13? 12. 12. 12. Yeah, he'll, he's... Uh, just not 12 and a half yet. He um, turned 12 the end of February. So, yeah, I know. He's still a baby. Yeah. Oh, baby with the little mustache coming in. Oh, I, I hate it. I hate it. I like the hair. He's so proud he doesn't have hair under his armpit. He's going to hate me for telling me that right now. He's so proud he doesn't have it yet because he doesn't want it there yet. And I'm like, dude, you think I want it there? I don't want it there. I don't want you to get any of that stuff, you know. 
I know. That's so funny. I'm thinking, what else can we talk about <laughs> with boundaries? You know what's on my mind? Is, uh-huh. Remember that time we talked about anal sex? <laughs> <laughs> Do you She's remember? going there. Do you remember? I mean, it's uh, remind me. Well, talking about boundaries. Well, we were, we were on a girls' trip. Yes. We were, I think, in Palm Springs. Yes. Talking about anal sex <laughs> and how <laughs> it hurts. You said it hurts. Yes. You know, and <laughs> you're like, okay, if you want to have anal sex with me, let me put a baby carrot in your dick hole. <laughs> I know. Did I say that? <laughs> you just say that. Oh, see, I, maybe I am still funny. <laughs> Kevin will be proud of that. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. By the way, yes. I know Kevin will always tease about because that you know that's how he I got him to marry to ask him to marry me so fast. <laughs> I. <laughs> it was like a bottle of whiskey and that and anal sex. So there you go, ladies. There you have it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I mean, I can't believe. Okay, so you guys got engaged so fast. Yes. You got married. I remember you said that you had drank so much the night before your wedding that the the hotel yes. receptionist called and had to wake you up. Yes, because we were doing a sunset wedding. Um, this was this was after we were legally married in San Francisco on Valentine's Day. And then a couple months when we finally told my parents that what we did, they knew that our dream wedding was to kind of get was to get married in Costa Rica. And but we didn't want to put any we didn't couldn't afford that. We don't want to put them out for something like that, and they were like, let's make it happen. So May, by May, we set it up. We did it really, set it up super fast and got this resort. And it was one of those incidents where, you know where you're all, when somebody starts talking about a place and then all of a sudden that place gets brought up by like 10 other people. Um, and, and that was this resort called Flor Blanca over in uh, Costa Rica. And four people within a, like a span of two or three weeks had told us about this place, so this is where we set it all up. We found a, a, a weekend that they were free, and there was 10 of us, including my parents and us and, you know, my sister and my best friend and his um, two best friends and their wives. Um, we all met there, and so it was the morning of the wedding. Uh, I was drinking. I know exactly what I was drinking. I was in the pool drinking espresso martinis, and I probably had 11 that morning. Oh, my God. Gosh. My mom at one point, she was like, Leslie, why don't you um, put some sunscreen on? And I was like, I never wear sunscreen. <laughs> why would I wear sunscreen? Not thinking that we're like right next to the equator and not and not thinking anything at all. So um, I didn't. Next thing I know, I'm the phone rings. I'm in the hotel room naked. And uh, I like I pick up the phone and I say hello. And they say, um, this is your wake-up call? And I'm like, for what? And they're like, your wedding? <laughs> and so I got up really fast, looked in the mirror, and I was bright red. It was the first time I burned in my life. Oh, my gosh. And ever since then, I, now I burn all the time now, so I have to wear sunscreen or else I'll burn. Um, but never burned before that before, ever in my life. Uh, Kevin, during that whole fiasco of us getting drunk in the morning time, he decided to do the dolphin dive. Um, What's that? Do you, what, what did you ever see like? the animal? With Rob Schneider and he, he like they had to give him one. animal parts for I don't oh, know. Oh, I, I know that movie, but I've never seen yes. it. Yes, it's a stupid movie, okay. but we thought it was so funny. So there's this one scene where he runs up and he goes and he like oh okay and then you dive in with you kind of do that. So he did that in the shallow end. 
we have wedding photos with me bright red and he talk yes t- and he's got like a, a bald patch from you know hitting his <laughs> oh head hitting his head at the bottom of the swimming pool so and that was prior to us knowing any really amazing cool wedding photographers <laughs> there's one regret I don't I mean I don't like to regret anything in my life so I don't know if it's a regret it's a I wish I could have and that one was that I wish that I hired a professional <laughs> photographer at during that wedding but we were like I don't care we already did it we just want to have fun we just want to hang out um so even the resort owner she said that I was the easiest bride she ever had because she would like email me stuff and I was like yeah that's fine I was like, that's totally fine I never thought I was gonna get married I never thought I was gonna have I never imagined my wedding I never imagined my wedding dress um I never imagined any of that I literally thought I was gonna be the rich aunt with the turban and the long cigar <laughs> you know like our cigarette like smoking and giving all my nieces and nephews like cash and money like, <laughs> that's who I thought I wanted to be at least <laughs> so when I met him and I you know, I knew it and I knew that I wanted to marry him. It was also very new for me too. And so that was exciting. Well, uh, looping back to friendships, I forgot to ask. So you had a lot of guy friends. You still have a lot of guy friends yeah. and you know, you guys worked through that. Uh, did you have jealous, jealousy issues with him being friends with females or any of his, uh, co-stars? co-stars? No. Um, because, uh, part of it for me was, Um, My whole thing about jealousy and about, um, you know, stressing about those kind of things in your relationship. I used to say this before I got married. I say it still now and everybody thinks like, why would you say it that way? Um, I believe in that if somebody is cheating on you, if you don't know, you don't know. So unless you know, you don't know. Um, And so it's I'm not a stupid girl. So it's not like I'm trying to pretend I don't know. Um, But if somebody's treating you amazing, if if they're being honest with you, they're considerate with their time, with with who you are, with how they treat you. There's no reason for me to to assume any that he's doing anything unless he gives me a reason to, you know? So I don't want to live my life, basically, I'm saying I don't want to live my life worried that he's going to cheat on me. Because if, if it happens, then we'll deal with it then. Um, I'm not stupid enough to think that he could never, even to this day. I'm not, you know, I, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but I would be, it would be ridiculous for me to say, oh my God, oh my God, my husband will never ever cheat on me. Like, that's just not how I live. I don't live that way at all. Um, so no, but I, I, but those are the rules for him. Don't make me look stupid. Um, that was a big thing. Don't make me look stupid. You know, if you are trying to hook up with a girl and they know we're married and, you know, that's going to make me look stupid. You know, I mean, those kinds of ordeals. Don't flirt with somebody, with your friends because that's going to make me look stupid. You know, like those are the kind of roles that I'm like. And he's been so good about introducing me to if he has love scenes, if he has kissing scenes, if he has intimate scenes, you know, introducing me to everybody. I My rule is I don't watch it in person. I'll watch it on TV. I'll watch it even on the screen, you know, like over at Video Village. Yeah. I'll watch it because <laughs> then it's, it's not real. But if I'm seeing it like I'm seeing him doing it with my eyes, I don't want to I don't want to see that. It's, it's stupid. I don't, there's no reason for me to see that, but there's also no reason for me to question it too. As long as he's doing his part and keeping yeah. me, you know, keeping me confident in, um, in his actions. Yeah. And he's always had so much respect for you. Absolutely. Both of you guys, mutual respect. Yeah. And I think you set the tone for that. I think. Do you, do you I, think? I would like to feel like I did. <laughs> I'd like to feel that. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. Okay. So, so that, uh, mutual respect seems like it's one of the keys to a healthy long-term 
yeah. relationship or marriage, what would you say are other components that have to be in place? Um, my number one, it, when, you know, when anybody asks me, what's the secret? What's, you know, it's, um, I know a lot of people say trust and love. And for me, it's consideration. It's 100% consideration. If your partner is really considerate for you, you get the, you get the attention that you want when he or she meets that consideration for you, you know, that, that shows that consideration to you. And feeling that somebody is thinking of me or, and, and showing me myself that I'm thinking of them, you know, um, in every aspect of our lives, I think, and considering them in, in, in every decision, um, in anything, in, in the love, the trust shows up, the love shows up. All of it shows up within that consideration. So that's that's a big word for me when it comes to our relationship. Okay, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> consideration, and then for uh, single women who are looking to find their life partner right now and they're dating, is there a what's your number one piece of advice of how to show up? For me, is know your worth. If you don't know it, figure it out first. Because if you don't know what you are worth, then the other person will figure it out for you, which may not be what you think or what you want. So um, that's, that's, a, that's actually a huge one. Even for people who are in relationships that aren't necessarily, that they're confused about, if, if you know your worth, you'll know. And, I, and, and that's something that I had always learned. I'd never been, you know, I've, I've been in a relationship where the guy came up and was just like, you know, my ex came back and I'm just a little confused. Can you give me time? No, I know because I know I'm worth being number one at least. Yeah. You know? I remember you said that about yeah. the guy uh, before Kevin. Yeah. I was that like, if you're not sure and you're between two girls, go. Go them, yeah. If you're not sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, there's it's no going to be me. No, yeah. if it's not me, then then I don't want it. So, yeah, that's that's the biggest one. Yeah, and you have that now. Kevin's... <laughs> all about you. And by the way, knowing your worth is lifelong <laughs> yes. in every aspect, right? Relationships, it, it might be a little easier to know your worth than it is to know your worth in anything else. I mean, we can go on and on talk about that stuff in <laughs> a different time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also, it's different for everyone because I felt like the difference between me and you, I felt like you were always really good with uh, relationships, intimate uh -huh. relationships. You knew your worth there when I met you, but uh -huh. I did not know my worth. But oh. I was always... Uh, I would never think... I would have never thought that. Seeing your experience and, and, and watching your, your growth um, in relationships and everything has been so amazing because, you know, like we always say, we always assume something about other people and I would have never in a million years... Like I always looked at you as like confident and... Yeah, just always. Yeah, thank you. Well, it was definitely a journey. But it was weird because a lot of people have said that to me because I was confident in some areas of my life, like business, those kind of things. So it was funny when I would get business questions or or when creatives would ask, like, how do you put your yourself out there? Or, you know, like, oh, like, they didn't hire me and they'd be, like, butthurt about it. And I, I just thought it was so weird because it didn't register with me. I'm like... That, that means nothing about you. <laughs> right. That means nothing about you. So I wanted to feel that way with intimate relationships. And that's where I had to do the work. Right. Self-worth right. there. Oh, yeah. I, you've always been an inspiration to me in all of it, even your relationships. But I didn't know that I didn't know those things in the relationships, too. Right? Oh, yeah. I kind of I hit it a bit. I, I mean, I didn't broadcast it to the world. Yeah. Like, how shitty I felt and like oh. my lack of confidence yeah. in that area at that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's always a work in progress. Um, but thank you so much for coming oh, and sharing and being very real and authentic about, you know, what a healthy marriage entails. It's not all perfect Instagram photos and no. and butterflies. And it's not, you know, here's the thing too, though, is that the, the, the hardest thing that anyone can ever do or the worst thing anyone can ever do is compare your relationships to other people's relationships. I think it's the work starts with yourself and then coming out and coming together because everything that we, we can never talk, we can talk till we're blue in the face about our experiences, but it will it will never be anybody else's. And so I definitely hope that people take, get out of, you know, any of all of this is, is to really understand what you want out of, out of, out of your relationships and, and, and find a way to get that, you know? Yeah. I, I love what you and what's it called you and Mark always talk about. You guys always talk about boundaries too. And, and, and I think it's incredible and I love it. I think because it all, I, I feel like it all starts there. It definitely starts there. Yeah. And Mark, Mark Groves is a relationship coach. He's kind of famous if you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but we, yeah, we, we like to talk about those things. I love it. And again, thank you so much for being oh. such a great example. Thank and you. teaching, just inspiring, just by showing. You didn't even have to say anything to me. I just watched what you did and how you showed up. You're so sweet. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.